shit my pants at Hooters. I would tell you this. It's like a real traumatic story for me. You know, weirdly, I don't think you have because I told I've told you about the time I almost shit my pants on the subway, and the it great feels like that would have been a good cue of, of for you to tell me about the time you actually shit. Your, like, uh, what 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 happened at uh, Hooters? Oh God, it's a whole thing. And by the way, I just want to tell you this: like, this story has haunted. This is like me exercising some demons, okay? Because this story has haunted me for 22 years now. I was eight years old, which makes it acceptable. When you're a kid, you can fuck up, I guess. If it's any other time, you're just a bad person. But I've, I've been, like, so ashamed of this story that I didn't bring a girl home until I was, like, 18 or 19 because I knew my fucking shitty parents, I love you, I know you're listening, uh, that they would, like, they found it really funny. That was, like, the story they'd bring up at every family dinner. And I'm, like, the one who's just, like, you know, counting the, the minutes before I can get away from these people. Um, and so as a result, I like never, ever br- brought this up, but I used to play baseball, right? And it was the last game of the season. And, uh, and afterwards the entire team went out to Hooters because naturally we're eight years old. Were you like a shortstop, tall stop? I was a third uh, baseman. I was a tall stop. Yeah. A tall stop, okay. third baseman, <laughs> you know? Nice. I was a midfielder. Uh, you know, I did, I did, I played everywhere. That's the thing. I was both pitcher, catcher, uh, thrower grower flower fielder close fielder close fielder that's actually i never played the close field but i wish i did sadly um but so so uh, you know after nailing it all season as a as a you know as a as a great fucking you know babe ruth type prodigy of the game um we all go to hooters for some reason like i don't know whose idea it was but they're like yeah let's take a bunch of eight-year-olds to hooters so We go to Hooters and, um, like, you know, you eat some Hooter food. (laughs) That's what Mm -hmm. we call it. A lot of wings. And then, like, I have a bad tummy. I've always had a bad tummy. You know this. I have Crohn's disease. I mean, I couldn't have been Crohn's back then, maybe, but whatever. I have a really sensitive tummy. And so I'm sitting there, and I had a lot of wings, and all of a sudden, my tummy really starts to hurt. And I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. So I, like, run to the bathroom. And then this is the fucking, this is the Hooters in Brandon, by the way. So, like, if you've ever been to the Hooters in Brandon, which I can't imagine that you necessarily, like, frequented all the time, but I'm sure you've been there at least once. I went there literally one time, yeah. Exactly. Me too. And this was it. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Actually, that's not true. The last time I was in Florida, I went there for a second and it had, like, Vietnam flashbacks. I was like, oh, no. But, all right, so I go there and then, like, there's no one there. And I'm just sitting there waiting and I'm just, like, you know, like, doing this little dance and i'm just like oh fucking please like i feel like i'm about to die i mean you were look great subway shit of 2019 the great potential subway shit of 2019 you know what that's like like you're freaking out there's like a social like a parasocial aspect to it certainly but also Mm -hmm. just like a pride thing and so i'm freaking out i'm freaking out and then all of a sudden like i just like i can't like this is happening like unfortunately this is happening and i'm in my baseball uniform i need to like i got cleats on max i need to was it a white baseball uniform too thankfully we were the orioles we were all in black and orange it was great that was the one saving grace because oh my god uh but listen like i'm not getting out of this story unscathed other than me shitting my pants there's like a bitter a bigger like indignity to come which is that like the minute i shit my pants okay and by the way like, I know we all, like, want to pretend, like, being a baby is cool because you can just piss and shit yourself and, like, no one cares. Like, uh, no. As, as a kid, as a little bit older version of that, like, incredibly discomforting and disquieting. And I'm so yeah. grossed out with myself. And I just have this fucking, like, you know, giant load of shit. And then all of a sudden, as soon as I'm done shitting in my pants, uh, the, the little latch opens up and the guy comes out. 
And I am so furious for two reasons, because I literally just shit my pants. And I think the person who was waiting in line, like, clocked it, you know, because you're like, oh, that's a weird, like, you can tell what a baby shits its pants, because you're like, oh, that's a poop face. All right, cool. So, sorry to go here. I just, look, we're living on a precarious knife's edge of the <laughs> democratic elections. I saw you were making the poopy face. It's a face he's seen many times before, and he's like, uh-oh. So, so I go into the stall, and then, and then I'm like, okay, well, I got to do something about this. And so I try to like, I like pull my pants down and I try to like, like get the shit into the toilet, but somehow I miss and there's just a giant glob of shit on the floor now. And like, like big as my fist. I'm sorry that we're getting so scatological here, but the problem is that happens. Uh, and I get like maybe 20 seconds where someone then sees the giant piece of shit on the floor and they're like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. And then runs out. Right. To which now, <laughs> like some Guido walked in there. <laughs> and I Jesus need to be fucking Christ. I need Marie. to be. <laughs> I need to be fucking clear about this, okay? <laughs> that like that happened, and I knew he was talking about me. Like I just right. knew. Like it. what else could have been going on in that bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> and and the person who was in the next stall over, there's only two stalls, had left. So all of a sudden, like, this well, guy says, God Jesus fucking Christ, and then goes out of the bathroom. What I do, like, a gross little fucking ninja, is I just crawl under the fucking, like, thing. I go to the next stall over. So wait, was this, did you leave the stall locked? <laughs> yeah, I left the stall locked. <laughs> so I do that. So I do that, and then I, like, sneak out, and I'm just like, no problem here. And I'm like, Mom, I don't feel good. We got to go. My mom's, like, in the middle of a margarita. And she's like, nah, go play. I'm like, Mom! We need to go, okay? And she's, like, not getting the hint or whatever. and Because I haven't told her because I'm so embarrassed, okay? Right. You so, don't want to lead with, hey, mom, I shit my pants and then also shit on the floor. <laughs> because shitting your pants, one thing, but a fucking floor shitter? Oh, my God. What kind of animal did, did my mom raise? Uh, so so I finally I get her to, to down the margarita or throw it away. I don't remember. And we start to go. And then we get to the car. And I insist on sitting in the back. <laughs> like, I insist. I've never sat in the back in my entire life. All right. I'm always like a front seat kid. And my mom is like, why don't you want to sit in the, the front? And I'm just like, uh, well, look, can I ask you a question? In please. Terms of like, and I'm sorry to get this specific with the shit. <laughs> I'm not a shit detective. But like, you had like shit still in your pants? Or did you mostly get it out? Like, were you able to like, at least separate the shit from the, the clothing or was there just a bunch of shit oh no that, dude this was a mud butt situation for sure i mean i'm sorry to say like like i got yeah. like the giant I mean, I gross thing out you know what i mean okay but but, like, but there was still a substantial amount there's no way i was hiding that shit so even me wanting to hide like go to the back seat is like cute but the minute we get in there it's like enclosed so she's like what the fuck and I'm just like, oh yeah, I I stepped in I stepped in some poop, <laughs> like there was poop on the ground. <laughs> As an eight year old, I'm like, that's likely. Bathrooms are where poop happens, right? So like, yeah. I just stepped on some poop. It's fine. And my mom, like, God bless her heart, really like let it go until oh. the morning. Yeah. Uh, and in the morning, because I like took my clothes off in the garage and left them there. So in the morning, my dad like goes out to the car or whatever, and he just sees like this fucking like like crusted uh uh like stiff as an iron board like like this this murder scene okay this evidence trail of just the grossest shit that ever happened and i wake up and like my dad puts the pants and my cleats like in front of the door 
So I have to like be confronted with this immediately. And they think it's funny. They're all laughing and they're like, ah, oh, that's so funny. You said you stepped in shit, but you didn't. You actually shit yourself. I can't wait to tell this story for the next 25 fucking years. And they proceeded right. to do it until this day, <laughs> until I said, I'm going to, I'm going to own this were, demon. You were, you, you were how old again? You were eight? I was eight. Yeah. I was, I was a little. Do you, do you, do you think that this is like a, a super villain origin story for you? Like, is, is this like, is this like the moment in the killing joke when like the, the wife uh, comes home with a smile cut in her face? Like, like, is this like a, a the thing that turns yeah, into who well, you are? It's the thing that like gave me the most insecurity in my life for sure, which was like, oh, it was horribly embarrassing. And then everyone laughed at me on top of it, which like, I get it, by the way. Like, it is funny, like objectively looking back on like, it. Like if you had a story, child that did this, you would laugh too. I would, would you laugh, laugh in their face? No, exactly. I would laugh so hard behind closed doors and they would know I was laughing behind closed doors and that's, and they'd respect me when they got older. But, right. <laughs> but to their face, you'd be like, all right, I'm going to not well, address I, this. Acknowledge this. Well, let's put you in the driver's seat here. Like, like your, your mom or your dad, even like uh, who, uh, how do you handle your child? How do you handle this situation tactfully or not tactfully? What do you do? Well, the pro again, I think my mom handled it as tactfully because she had to have known. Why am I sitting in the back seat? Oh, you stepped in some shit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> like, and she didn't say anything about it. I think she did her best. Immediately following you saying, we need to go. We an need to go. Telling her mid margarita that we need to go now. <laughs> I mean, the warning signs were there. I think she did her best. It was just the fact that for the next like 20 years, that's all the stories that would come up. And I was like really embarrassed by that. Because when you're courting people in high school, God sure. forbid you be a human being who like has who like shit any... themselves in yeah. a very embarrassing and public way. <laughs> well, I was convinced that like girls were different, you know, like that was a myth that I bought into at, at eight years old. Anyway, I was like, girls aren't gross. Like dudes are just really nasty. That was like that, that dichotomy, that unfair dichotomy. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so I, I think, I think she did her best. It was just the fact that it became a punching bag. Funny enough though. Uh, and she wouldn't appreciate this she had a similar situation happen to herself and ain't nobody allowed to talk about that fucking story because it's Wait, offensive. your mom or the girlfriend? My, my mom. Like, she's going to be so mad that I tell this story. I don't know the details of the story even. I just know that my dad had to, like, run to my mom's work one time because of an emergency situation. And then when I asked about it, she was like, it was a very embarrassing situation, much like your situation, which you don't want anybody to talk about. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want, but you all still talk about it. <laughs> like, it's your favorite fucking story it's like oh i got five minutes on leno i have to do a, cl a clean set uh here's the one story you tell you know what i mean um right. and so like i just think it was hilarious like irony that afterwards that that similar situation happened to her and then no one could talk about it well if it makes you feel any better i know i've already told my almost shitting my pants story but that was a victory you know for me like that that didn't end poorly that ended as right. well as it could have that was uh -huh. like right down to the wire and for those of you who don't know the story, the very short version is I ate a gigantic steak, steak in Manhattan, then yeah. had to travel an hour and a half back to Bushwick where my friends were before I could get to the next toilet. Um, and in the meantime, I felt like I was going to shit my pants the entire time. And I very nearly did. It was that goddamn close. But I didn't. But so my favorite part like, about that story, and you're proving my point, was that no point did you say, yo, I like got a shit really bad. And I'm not saying that like that's something we ever really say to each other, but I also think we have the relationship that you could do that. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? At no point did you do that. Like right. I, I just gave you directions as the train was leaving and you were like, ah, and you left. I only heard about this like this like like Munich style near miss situation after the right. Fact. 
And it was only later that I found out that there were like public restrooms in subway stations, like several, you know, right. that you can just find. But like I, I was like living moment to moment, second to second. I was like the only guarantee that I have is that there's a toilet where my friends are. I don't right. know. A about wasted the moment searching for a public toilet could have been that the, could, the that difference. would have been the difference between, you know, life and shit in my pants. So, so by the way, not that I want to get too into this, you get back to you get back to Bushwick, you open the door. Uh, yeah, our friends are there, and and do you are there any pleasantries? Do you exchange any like hellos? So, and and I said this on the last one, but but they literally were like, "Oh, hey, Max, how's And I was like, "No!" I screamed "No" at them and ran into their bathroom. Like it was down to like a microsecond between me shitting and not shitting my pants. That's how fucking close it was because I saw the walk to half mile. I'm just for a second, can you imagine you got all the way to the one yard line and then couldn't like 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 Nick was in there or anyone was in there and you're just like stuck and you're just oh my god, what a horrific I can't tell you how close it was. It really was that close. Because um, to be clear like, well, Oh go ahead. Well, well New York is weird enough. I just want to point this out that if you shit on a subway, I mean you're not gonna win any points for like citizen of the year. But like that happens. It won't be the first or last time that somebody has seen it. Like right. I've seen somebody shit their pants on a subway or like soil themselves. It or is more I think socially all of us have a long acceptable to shit in the subways <laughs> than it is to shit in the living room of your friend's apartment. And obviously, it should be, by the way. But I'm just saying that, like, you would you would traverse. You got off the fucking island. You were you were in different boroughs and shit like that, and you got mm -hmm. all the way there. And then, like, because again, was this locked. was like an hour and a half journey. We're like 30 minutes into it. I was already like ready to go. Um, so long story short, I made it and I come out and they're vegans. And I was like, and they were like, uh, you okay? Why'd you yell at us? And I was like, sorry, I had to take the biggest shit of my life. Uh, here's the story. I told them the story and they're like, well, that's what you get for eating steak. And I was like, I don't need this right now. I want to celebrate. I don't need to be admonished. Like this is right. like, why would they that take that away like, from you? That was maybe like the biggest personal victory of my entire life. Like that that was like my Rudy, you know? That that was that was Forrest Gump running across America. Like <laughs> I did it. Uh but, but, no, but I was but, gonna hold tell on. you another story. Yeah, you got story. another story. Yeah. So it's not even a story. It's it's a shameful period in my life. And I just wanted to like do this favor for you because you're telling you're telling this a harrowing story where you lost and you lost big. Uh I, I sharted once, and I was not a child. <laughs> okay, can I just I, tell you that I find the term sharding the funniest of all the terms. Um, yeah. I, I've ne thankfully, I've never had that situation happen to me, but I, I, know it, I know it's out there. I know people be making mistakes. It happens, you know, you think it's a fart, and you're like, all right, and then it's like, whoa, wait a minute. That was not what I thought it was. And can that's you what, set the it, scene it was, for me? Like, where, where are you in your life? Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not as comparably embarrassing. I was nowhere public. I was completely by myself. I've been like I was living at, at home in Florida or whatever. And I'd just been drinking coffee all fucking day. Like, I think I was like 20 years old. Like, I think I was like eight cups of coffee deep. And yeah. like, I was just like walking through the sliding glass door and just let let one let one rip. And, uh, and I was like, wait a minute, that was wrong. And uh <laughs> <laughs> like Toby was there and I remember he like looked at me and just like ran away. 
Because like, the dog oh, is a very good judge of character. And yeah, I like mean, shit. a dog knows, much like a dog knows when a hurricane is coming, a dog knows when you've shit your pants and it knows that that is not a time to be around you. Yeah, um, no, that's pretty bad. I mean, but, but again, your story won. The first story you told is a celebration. You won. Mm -hmm. And this one, there's no like shaming involved, mm -hmm. nor no do your parents. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I've been scarred by these fucking people, I'm okay? Sorry, you know, yeah. like. I wanted I wanted that story. I wanted to have a story where like your dad like, like made you like, go knock on the neighbor's doors and tell everyone what you did. You <laughs> know, holding like a bag of your shit. <laughs> well, because like I, I, there's got to be a scenario where like a kid just goes around shitting on lawns. You know what I mean? And blaming it on dogs because he can. You know, <laughs> like some fucking master, some egotistic piece of shit who's just like I have built-in deniability. I have a villain. You know, he's trying to, like, do what, what, like, Republicans do to Mexican people, but to dogs, like, just try to make that the, the big enemy of the state, the big boogeyman that we all have to worry about. <laughs> what Republicans do to Mexican people? Jesus Christ. Don't yeah. get me started on that. Are we talking about the election now, or are we trying to avoid that shit? Yeah, no, let's do it. So the reason that I decided to dust off that shit story, which, by the way, very quickly, I just want to say the last time I was in Florida, I went to uh, grab, a, like, two drinks with a friend there, and... Mm -hmm vietnam flashbacks like hardcore and it's not yeah. like i could tell them what was going on but i was like literally like uncomfortable i was like oh shit i'm back in that, that mindset uh but the reason i dusted that story off and figured like hey well the world's about to end anyway is like, eh, you know as of right yeah. now we don't know who the president is we're recording this the day after election um yeah. you know it's a uh, very very close biden biden just won michigan as right before we started recording so he's like right very close, but it could still go a lot of ways. And either way, I want to say this. I mean, initial takeaways, Max. Um, I think a lot of us wanted a, a really harsh referendum. Yeah, referendum, yeah, blowout. On the Trumpism. And instead, what we found out is like, no, we're still, we're like maybe more divided than we were four years ago. And it's pretty fucking sad, but what's yeah, your takeaway? I mean, people dug in because like we, we, we had a lot of like weird optimism in spite of ourselves that, oh, like maybe the last four years, like there's been a, a silent shift away from the Trump camp and we're just hearing from the loud minority or something which is what we kind of fooled ourselves into thinking in 2016. But now he has a record to go off of and coronavirus and everything. And it's like, this is what scares me the most about these numbers is that if coronavirus didn't happen, Trump wins probably big. Because of the, because the economy is the number one uh, issue for voters and shit like that. Yeah. Imagine him not publicly fumbling this. Imagine people not dying and mistakes becoming personal like that. That's uh, that's a win for Trump. It was that close in so many places already. This That's is like when guess. Beto almost know. won Texas and we all wanted to take that as a victory. It's like Trump literally is currently still killing people. You know, hey, it's over. COVID's <laughs> over, people. Open her right. up. Um, and it's still coming down to the wire. And he may very well lose. I mean, it looks like that's what's likely now. But uh, the fact that it's even this close, I think that was, the, that was the most disheartening thing in the world. I forget who said it. it was, maybe it was Van Jones or someone. But... Um, He's like, no matter what happens here, like, we are not in the country we thought we were. Like, the optimism right. that we felt going into this it has been met with a fucking harsh reality, which is like, there's just going to be gridlock. I, I don't even know, even if we were to get the Senate, which doesn't look like that's likely at this point, um, all, the, all the aspirations and all the things that we were really excited about maybe achieving in the next four years seem to definitely be, like, not a thing that's going to happen, but not without a lot of hard work and some luck. 
Right. I mean, I, mean, I, I think that, like, in order to uh, tamp down Trumpism, aside from all the boomers just fucking dying, which, you know, I'm not trying to get dark, but goddamn, worst generation, right? You know, uh, fucking, yeah, they gave us Bruce Springsteen, but what else did they give us? The environment that we have right now? Right. Fuck them. Right. I, I was them. almost going to give them credit for uh, World War II. I'm like, yeah, but the greatest gen- that's the generation after. They're the absolute right. worst. The absolute worst. And they've done kind of nothing. Like, I want to be really careful about that because I don't want this to become like an age group, like generational, like shit thing, right? But it's like they benefited from the post-war dream where the middle class was mm-hmm. booming, where we set up these structures for people to achieve as long as they work hard. Like as fucked up as it is, even though like segregation was at a fever pitch and stuff like that, that 1950s like post-war America sort of was living up to the ideals, right? It had the safety guards in place. Um, maybe not safety guards. It had the, 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 the avenues available that you could hey, work hard. You can get whatever you want. Um, not for black people, not for whatever, but it's like they were given all of the things that now we're just trying to get as basic rights and then that's that's what fucks me up it's not it's not that they benefited you know because like that's not their fault for benefiting from like you know post-war booms and stuff um it's more so that they think that it's that easy for us now and it's like no it's not it's not that easy for us to just buy a house now or to get a job that pays us above a living wage anymore even with a degree like we have to get lucky you know, it's it's not like a guarantee that you go to college and you get a good paying job. It's not even a guarantee that you become a lawyer and get paid enough to fucking live. Like it, it's a it's a ridiculous time we're living in, baby. And then like student debt, the cost of college going up, all these challenges we got. Yeah, gas is cheap, but that's about it. <laughs> so my takeaway, and I said this on a podcast that we ended up scrapping because it, it felt fatalistic in a way. Um, and I will double down on that now. My big pitch in that podcast was like, we just need to put bombs on the Florida border and flush that turd down the toilet. <laughs> like, I'm not even kidding. Uh, like that, you know, the fact that uh, Florida won by a larger margin, we're both from Florida. We have a little bit of skin in the, in the game. Our families are still there. Yeah. Pretty, pretty hard to stomach for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just at this point where I'm like, it's not worth it. Like my mom called me crying today. Like she was not doing okay, and I was just like, "Go to move to Arizona." Like it went, it went blue just now. You're closer to me. It's got palm trees. Like it's basically Florida, you know, no water. Like that's the one thing it doesn't have, which yeah. I guess is three fourths of Florida's appeal, right? Like in terms of coasts. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's crazy to me, and I'm just like, all right, let's just let's just blow that up. To be fair, the border, not people. Just let it float into the ocean, sink like right. the Titanic. Just let. <laughs> <laughs> it's an iceberg that well i guess it can't anymore right there's no ice yeah that's the problem there's no ice to, to hit specifically not here but yeah they, they they you know they go down little by little and like mumford and sons well they're british all right leonard skinner the touring band or whatever they they decide to keep playing as florida <laughs> fucking sinks into the goddamn ocean and it'll be fitting i don't know i mean like that's i mean how do you uh, how do you feel about any of this it's just such a weird fucking twilight zone that we've been in for four years and yet I mean, I, I cautioned myself against too much hope, and like it's it's here's here's like the weird reality we're living in for me anyway is that like yes, uh, it it's terrifying and it sucks. Well, okay, more so yes, I prepared myself for it, um, and I like prepared myself for the worst eventualities that Trump would win. I kept kind of repeating it like a mantra: Trump's going to win, Trump's going to win, so that if Biden did win, it would be like oh shit, nice. 
But like in spite of myself, every fucking time, like with Amy Coney Barrett, I was like, oh, maybe somebody will step in. Or like, oh, with like coronavirus, maybe somebody will step in. Or like, oh, maybe with this election, maybe Biden will win. Like I kind of like see them do the thing I expect them to do. And it still hits me and affects me in a way that I wish it didn't. So like when Trump last night at like three in the morning or whatever it was said, hey, uh, we just won and we're going to the Supreme Court before votes had been counted in key swing states, I was like, still like existentially shook that it happened, even though it wasn't surprising at all, even though he said like, yeah, I'm going to do this. Like he's been telegraphing that for months now. Well, I think that's the word that you use, which is like, it's if you were a boxer or you're a baseball player and you know the pitch they're going to throw, they tell you the pitch they're going to throw. They tell you for months and months, we're going to throw this fastball right down the middle. You know what I'm saying? And then you still like, you're you're like we all know how are we not mobilizing how are we not blocking this how is there not one person with courage on the other side who wants to do something about this shit you know and still yeah. it's just like it we shouldn't be shocked and yet we are um and so yeah I, I look at the whole fucking thing and it's just like okay look we might end up winning we'll see um but i think if he, if he ends up winning we got to do some really creative protesting you know we, yeah. need to, we need to go around and, and muck shit up i want to be french you know the french just put like furniture in the streets what does that mean? You, it's it was a literal <laughs> statement. I don't know what the ambiguity was. <laughs> the French put furniture in the street. You thought it was like an old French political term, like what they must do is put the furniture in the streets. Like that's I just thought. don't understand the why. Like why do they do this? Like what to what end? So they can live in the streets and hang out there? Or no, like, they put like furniture hillbilly... to, to barricade. You never watched Le Mis? Come on, this is but they've been doing this. They do this all I've the time. I've actually never watched Le Mis. Oh, I know Russell Crowe is in it and he can't sing. It's amazing and unwatchable at the same time like it really is a wonderful experience that's the only way i can describe it uh but but no they've been doing this forever this is kind of what they do they'll like blockade things they're just putting like chairs and furniture and like building up these like natural barricades in the street paris has very wide avenues so it's not just like you can't you know block a lane or something and be effective you have to kind of block the whole fucking thing see what i thought you were saying is that the french would go into their apartments bring their furniture downstairs put it in the streets so they could all hang out outside in protest of something protest in what comfort i don't (laughs) know that's what they do they bring down their their recliner (laughs) like i will protest i will do so in in a in a fucking french rainstorm just smoking their cigarettes eating a baguette that's i would really like that it'd be really great if like the stereotypical version of america uh, of every country had to go meet like that's what the un really was instead of like some boring ass fucking thing like like a a cowboy and a mime yeah like a cowboy and a mime (laughs) need to hash this shit out cowboy keeps talking mime can't be bothered saudi Uh, arabians just wearing a gigantic turban Because that's the definition. I wish that's the problem. Like, you know, I was thinking about this the other day because I have a friend of mine um, who was really shitty about the term Middle East, right? And I was like, well, why? He's like, because England's not the center of the world. It's not the Middle East. And I'm like, I agree with you. However, geographically, like, we, <laughs> like, we name these things beforehand, right? I'm looking like, I don't know. He's like, it, it should be like the Central Asia. And I'm like, well, we also call it that. I don't know. My, my larger point, though, is, like, there's so many of the things that we just sort of say, oh, okay, that's acceptable, you know? Yeah, I think that's a battle for another day is what I would <laughs> like to say. <laughs> no, because, like, I was trying to think about that today, and I'm, I want to get back to that in a second, but that uh, the Witches movie that, that Zemeckis just did, people are yeah. really mad about the movie because if you've seen it or if you've watched the, the original, 
the witches have like no toes and they have like split hands and stuff like that and uh people who are disabled who have like that crab hand like oswald cobblepot thing uh they were like outraged and i'm like really like they're witches like like and, and then the whole complaint was like well it just it leads to that old stereotype about how people with with no toes are evil and i'm like what <laughs> that old that old chestnut <laughs> right well i mean the lobster boy really did set back the lobster hand community a long ways i'm not hey, even lobster kidding boy. Yeah, Lobster Boy, and I think he lived in Gibsonton for a minute. He was part of that kind of Carney crowd because Carney's founded Gibsonton, Florida, which is very, very close to where we used to live. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this this guy with lobster hands uh, ended up murdering somebody, yeah. and was like arrested or whatever, and it like really gave the you know Carney crab hand community a bad name for a long time. It was a blight on their reputation. So. What are you going to do? And they, otherwise, they the good sterling reputation. Get. Yeah, right. right. So you know, one thing about Cardi is like, Jesus, the most unimpeachable character out there until this lobster boy came out. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's a weird fine line with the representation and you know, doing rap by communities and stuff right. where it's just like, mm, sometimes just like, let a thing be a thing, but other times reassess it. I don't know. It's a case let by a case thing basis. be a thing. It's I, just I, exhausting, man. The reason I brought all of that up was just like, I like the idea is like, yes, as Americans and shit like that, we have this like, I don't want to say warped, but we have this perception of things based on our standing, you know? Um, same thing, like, it, it, it's a weird comparison. It's like time zones. It's like, the world happens on American time. That's what we think, but that's not true, you know? Yeah. And so we have entire regions and stuff that are, that are uh, named after other stuff. And I've brought it up before, but just the fact that, like, we measure years from when Christ supposedly died, and, like, a good portion of the world does not believe in that shit. Yeah, but I don't know if that's necessarily true. I, that, that's one of those weird things where, like... Uh, because it's BCE and then ADE, right? Like technically, like we they, we took Jesus out of the situation. I think you're right. I think it's still like the Gregorian calendar as we know it is sort of wrapped around the Christ figure. But I think we've gone afterwards and said, uh, we took Christ out of it. You know, it's like taking Christ out of Christmas. We took him out of the fucking before yeah. Christ. Well, I mean, I guess stuff. otherwise we would be what in your six billion seven hundred and three million i don't know six six thousand something <laughs> what are you talking oh, about just six, <laughs> can't prove it to me i mean uh do they know. literally believe that we were fucking around with dinosaurs or are they saying dinosaurs didn't exist that's the weird thing dinosaurs don't exist they're put there by the liberal media to discredit god which is like well god created the liberal media so you know, they, they how far really does do this give... metaphor go they really do give liberals so much credit. If liberals were this organized, holy shit, we'd be running everything. Yeah, no, I agree. I wish we were this organized, you know, like, because there are people out there. I, I sent you that message uh, that my uh, cousin Tony um, wrote on Facebook or oh, whatever, God. that post yeah. about, like, uh, you know, how, like, George Soros, and I need to do more digging on George Soros because he's at the center of every conspiracy. Holy shit. Um, he's a rich liberal, so, of course. Yeah. They don't bring up the Koch brothers or any of the people on their fucking side, but God right. forbid, you know, George Soros is doing everything. But, yeah, like the George Soros and the Democrats are manufacturing the COVID-19 <clears throat> pandemic to control populations, make people wear masks, stay inside, tank the economy, and, so, and let BLM, who is funded by Antifa, who is funded by George Soros, take over the streets, burn our churches, uh, etc., and it's like, yo, if we were that organized, be lit. We, it would be lit, and we'd probably be running the Senate and the House and the presidency, but we're fucking not. 
No, we're we're the equivalent of a, a mist, if Mr. Magoo is a political party. Like, sure, sometimes we end up in a pretty advantageous spot, Literally. but he never meant like, to do like that. We're, we're almost endearing just the fact that we've survived this long. <laughs> but <laughs> do you? Uh, I mean, but this brings me back to my like mime versus cowboy situation. It's like, do you think that we would get more or less done? Uh, if, 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 we, if we had a UN run by stereotypes? Yeah, if we just reduced it. Because my point is this, like, you know, uh, so many people just like oh, the, Yankee cowboys, like, you know, that's what they think of Americans. What would the selection process for that be like? Would you, like, hold the contests, like American Idol, or, like, something like find the most American American, find the most Frenchy French, and just have them speak for the country? Or would you be playing dress-up every time you went to the UN? No, it would be you'd have to find an actual cowboy. It, it couldn't be someone that like plays dress up. No, I want it all. Well, I don't know about them tariffs there, partner. <laughs> I do know that I love America. I love corn. <laughs> it puts a straw in his mouth. He's like, whoa, compelling. Like a figure of the a old cigarette. west. There's no smoking in here. It's like you're smoking a cigarette right now, partner. He's like, yes, but I'm French. You know. Well, he has to like pantomime that. He can't. He can't. Say oh, it. so he's literally a mime. He's a mime. So yeah, France, that's what I'm saying. Like, get, lean into it. Done. Yeah, lean into it. And then they, I don't they go know up to the podium countries. after like their fourth terror attack of the year, and he's just, <laughs> you know, in a glass box, you know, doing doing some of that shit. They're like, well, I guess they don't want our help. I I don't know. Seems like he's saying no. Stop. Cries stop. a single tear. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I just want to live in a world where that's like accessible or we can just you, all you want to live in a cartoon. Basically, yeah, where actually, are more endearing yeah. and fun. You nailed it. That's totally what it is. I want to live in a cartoon because cartoons like things are good. Things are pretty great. You know, like even when they're not. Yeah. Do you, I mean, I was thinking about that. Or something. Well, I was thinking about that Daffy Duck cartoon where the uh, illustrator starts erasing Daffy. You know what I'm talking about? Hmm. Yeah. It's like in the sixties, the shit was super meta. They were just like, no, we're gonna erase Daffy Duck. Which like yeah. from I, I think I think about stuff like that too. It's like, okay, you know, people talk about if you were a non playable character in a video game, but that was your existence, right? Like if it was a simulation of Ryan Reynolds free guy or whatever. Um you keep like, going back to that example. Like, that's really taking up resonance in your brain. Well, what else would it be? Like, what's another example of simulation theory? No, you're right. I, I definitely don't have another one. Yeah, that's what I thought. This movie Thanks for derailing me, piece of shit. Just trying to make a point. Um, yeah, I don't even know what I was going to say. Where was I going with that? Help me out. Free guy, simulation theory. Yeah, but what, what was I saying right before that? I don't remember. Mm, you're a bad listener. I got to tell you. I'm not... Not happy You're about bad it. remembering what you were talking about. I'm always high. It's not my fault, okay? Okay, that's fair. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, po- podcast, let's pipe in some sad piano music. Uh, podcast listening audience, Christian, I'm really, really sorry that I didn't listen well enough to remember what you were talking about before I interrupted you and commented on your fixation on the... Uh, Free Guy film starring Ryan Reynolds about a uh, talking NPC uh, who gains sentience. I fucked up. I interrupted the flow of the podcast and the conversation, and I didn't account for how high Christian was. So, again, I'm really sorry. But in the process, you reminded me what I was going to say. So thank you for that, which is going to say, if you were in a cartoon, the idea that the illustrator, the unseen illustrator, just shows up and you see that end of the, like, like that would be like it follows for cartoons. You wouldn't see the hand. 
you would just see the the end of the eraser coming at you you know what i mean which is just like i i don't know i don't want to put i don't i'm not a cartoon all right i can't speak for the cartoon delegation but i have to assume that's gotta like be the most frightening thing in the world or do you, do you think they even realize they're cartoons in this world that's the thing is like what if we're we're the cartoons you know we always say oh, what if we're the simulator what if we're the cartoons what if real life is in 2d and we're just the imagined version of oh, what if there were three dimensions uh that makes sense because i'll tell you because time space doesn't exist in physics like i mean it does but it's like it's not bound to the same laws as like the other dimensions right so it's like oh yeah no this is this is this is like a like a fancy dream from a from a puffer fish or something you know like some weird animal that that, that dared to dream meanwhile right. uh daffy duck is is living in, in all two of those dimensions like a real person like shit's going down there and i have to think that that's like to the laws of physics again they don't exist the same way that's why in cartoons like you'll have characters run off uh ledges and cliffs and be like i'm fine until i look yeah. down right which is like existentially interesting you know it's like they don't know about their own doom and can continue surviving it as long as they're ignorant of it and it's like maybe we need to take a page out of their books could we make a story about a cartoon who realizes he's a cartoon sure and and is that has that not been done is who? there like well kind of cool world right but that movie is a shit show yeah well so, yeah, we do we that but do better it. yeah, like, yeah. We can, that's the easy pitch the elevator pitch it's this movie but better it's like osmosis jones but better which is weird because osmosis jones is like not a great movie it's got bill murray in it it's you bill know, murray like, really does save that movie you know, and I, I like the idea of it. It's like a, you know, a, take all the cop tropes, apply it to a white blood cell, fighting off an evil virus. Yeah. Bam, success. And then Bill Murray is there because he ate something gross <laughs> off the ground. It's not his whole character. Is that he's like this dad who's really trying, but he's also a disgusting human being. And he yeah. just eats like a piece of food off of the ground that's like caked in dirt and shit. Right. And gives himself a virus. I think we could remake Osmosis Jones now because it's white blood cells in the time of white supremacy, like cop tropes, like dude. So the it's time. Osmosis Jones would be the villain in this story. The virus is the hero. You got to leave room for a sequel, okay? Because then you can Terminator Two that bitch. Osmosis Jones comes as the good guy, um, mm. which is basically a remake of the original Osmosis Jones. Yeah, Chris Rock, huh? What about it? He was Chris. It was Chris Rock, right? Or was yeah? It? Osmosis Jones is Chris Rock. Yeah, he's doing things. I mean, I I just watched him in The Witches, and it's the most offensive kind of like oh, I'm talking like witches? Mammy. Uh, he he's the narrator of The Witches. Yeah, he's like the mm. the, the the oracle, if you will. Um, oh. and the entire time, basically, it sounds like everybody hates Chris, but he turned up the like the master talk a little bit there's no other way to talk i mean like he sounds like fucking hattie mcdaniel and gone with the wind mm. but I mean, uh, he's in he's in a new season of fargo loy cannon yeah how you feeling about that i i like him a lot i think he's great but precisely because he's not doing that thing <laughs> that he does sometimes like it's uh it's really interesting because that new season of fargo is like an extended uh adaptation 
of one of his bits that he does on one of his stand-up comedy specials where he just keeps talking about like uh how how the black man keep or the white man keeps stealing shit even though the black man owned it and it's like a runner he does it like four or five times from four mm-hmm. or five different people he's talking like about Jamaica. credit card idea or whatever yeah yeah and and, and and he's just like oh great so we get to own that he's like no the white man owns it but you get this right and he's trying to like <laughs> consolation prize until he like realizes that he has nothing that's basically the entire season of Fargo. It's just like him <laughs> doing an extended bit of like working really hard and the, the white man coming to take it. Yeah. I'm really it makes me sad that like Native Americans aren't fucking around in like greater, greater quantities. And I know they're peaceful people and shit by and large, but yeah. because it's like who's got the greater claim to hate white people? Like in totality. The blacks, Native Americans, like they both have yeah, compelling I think fucking you, arguments. You and I, as both non-black and non-Native Americans, can really speak to this yes. objectively right. and make this decision for those people. I say it might be the Native Americans, honestly. As a Native American, uh, kind of, because I'm Taino, and that's technically an indigenous American. Get fucked. Okay. So as that, I'm not taking anything away from it, but I would say this, that like uh, – it was a systemic thing that they didn't even know that we were all connected, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like the Europeans didn't know that the Tainos are the same thing as the Cherokees, the same thing as the Aztecs. And obviously they're different. They're, they're individual tribes, but they're just indigenous people. Uh, yeah. And it was just like this calculated fucking, like, just killed everybody and then sterilized a bunch of people too. Yeah. Um, and not in the cool way that we do it now, you know, like the old way. Sorry, yeah, that was a joke a- about border camps, my bad. So, so I'm going to swerve a little bit. There's a, you know, a, a faction of YouTube called BreadTube or LeftTube interchangeably, but usually like pretty pro-socialist, very leftist uh, commenters. And like Lindsay Ellis is a part of it, H-Bomber guy. There's this guy named Sean. Uh, nobody knows what his face looks like, but he has a cartoon skeleton as his logo. Um, yeah, which I knew you would appreciate. Yeah. Um, and he does this like great, it's like a, a hour and a half long uh, video where he's like very calmly and Britishly uh, sort of like going through each Native American atrocity historically, one after the other. And it's like, you've heard about probably all of these on their own, but just to hear the overall timeline is just disgusting. Like the amount of like treaties that they signed with us, the amount of times that they met us at the table and were like, okay, yeah, you like raped our women and children and burned our fucking villages to the ground and forced us to move and sterilized us. But hey, are we good now? And the United States would be like, yeah, sure. And then like two weeks later, a rogue drunk general would just be like, no, fuck it. And like, would <laughs> fuck him over again. Like, it's insane. And it's like, I don't know. If we're really like doing this, we're really comparing like uh, Native Americans. Oh, yeah, let's do Black it. American experience. Yeah. Um, I would say there's definitely more murder uh, on the Native American side for longer and we took their their lands and stuff too right well we did i mean we i say lovingly we also stole people off of a continent you know what i mean like it was, right. so which both, both are robbing of either home or culture neither of them are good right that's important let's put that out there maybe we should just end me, it there too <laughs> that, well i will say this it reminded <laughs> me of this bit from king of the hill or Whereas it's not Boomhauer. Who's Dale? Dale's like talking to John Redcorn or Redfield. What, what's his name in that movie? What's the John show? Redcorn. John Redcorn. And he's like, you guys even celebrate Thanksgiving? He's like, yeah, <laughs> once. <laughs> it's my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> I don't know. That show's pretty lit. I got to tell you. John Redcorn commentary, especially. Um, I don't know, man. I just, I just it's what a scattered-brained existence that we're on right now. 
you know yeah it does it does it feel does like, feel like reality is kind of up. breaking apart what's that well it just feels like if like aliens were going to show up or anything like i was pitching um let's move to switzerland mm-hmm. because i'm trying to insulate myself the nazis couldn't get into switzerland i mean they tried we talked about this a little bit but it's like yeah. so they couldn't do that plus they make some dope ass chocolate you got mountains all over and here's here's my trump card uh not pun intended uh fucking hydron collider okay like things get really bad, we just collide some shit. We go into that other universe. We get the fuck out of there. Like that is my ace in the hole. Did, you know? did we release the podcast where I talked about what I learned about Switzerland? No, that's the last episode. Yeah. That's the last one. Yeah. So yeah, so I, I watched this video. There's this guy that uh, named Johnny Harris of all things, um, who actually does these really great like bite-sized like historical videos, like how. The U.S. Uh, stole uh, the island of Hawaii, or the islands of Hawaii, or like the Sandwich how, Isles, if you will. How we drew the border between the U.S. and Canada, like why, uh, you know, what happened in Saudi Arabia to cause Osama bin Laden to do all the shit he did. And he talks about Switzerland and how they stayed neutral during, you know, all of history, but especially World War II. And like, I did just want to bring this up again because I think it's fucking dope. Is like Switzerland literally looked at every entrance and exit to the country planted massive piles of explosives underneath, dug, dug tunnels all underground uh, that they still have there to this day, put bunkers watching every entrance and exit of the country, and they had somebody there stationed ready to fucking blow every road and bridge in the country and just, like, fucking isolate themselves completely if they had to. Um, so if Hitler had ever decided, hey, I want to take Switzerland, um uh, would have been tough. Would have been tough, even with them mountains. Because the, the mountains. they're too, they're too good. That's my point. And now, if you you put in a into the Spider Verse like exit strategy, you know, we're doing pretty good. Um, I did think it was interesting when you told me that last time. I looked it up a little bit. Hitler was super interested in taking over Switzerland. He was like, "I'm gonna do it," and then decided yeah. against it, uh, which I thought was amazing. But I think he just had trouble. He had a lot of trouble going on. You know, I always think about Hitler back like the final days of Hitler. And yeah. we've talked about this before with Trump, and I'm like, final days in the bunker. Uh, and I've never seen that depicted before. I never watched Downfall. Like, everyone tells me. I've seen the meme from Downfall a bunch. We uh, need to watch that shit, man. We should, and we will when you're here if you want to. Uh, but so my point is, I always just assumed it was like, I don't know, like the Ritz-Carlton of Nazi bunkers for some reason. I started, like, reading into it. Apparently, it was below the water table, so they just constantly had to, like, bucket whole things of water, and, like, mold is growing on the walls. And I'm like, oh, God, that whole last days of Berlin shit's way sadder now. Because at least I thought he was doing it with style. You know what I'm saying? Like, he retired right. to his master bedroom overlooking the empire and then cyanided himself or whatever. No, underground in a shitty damp bunker. It's pretty Good. great fucking good yeah good honestly <laughs> yeah i'm not saying i wanted to have time. a better time i'm just thinking it's amazing because it's like right well, imagine you, you would think that somebody that that looms that large would have like a precisely yeah but that's my point because it's like imagine two years prior a year prior i know the war had started to shift but a year prior right like you wanted someone killed you wanted anything you wanted you wanted like hey nazi scientists give me some nazi dinosaurs like i bet you fucking money somewhere in the nazi annals of history someone was like we're gonna bring dinosaurs back all right we're gonna do it uh and he could literally with just saying it speaking into existence you know the first version of the secret adolf hitler's secret he would just say it and things would happen and then to be from that to being in a damp bunker with your allies like this is so much of this shit i didn't know himmler was like um I'm just going to surrender. Is that chill? 
And then one of the <laughs> other dudes, I'm forgetting his name now, is just like, uh, I'm just going to take over uh, leadership of the Third Reich. That's chill, right? It was whoever he named as his successor initially. And so it's like, I, I just thinking about that, those final days, poor little, <laughs> I don't want to say poor, but little, little Adolf Hitler, thinking about all the ways that things went wrong and all the power he once had and to be reminded as, in the 11th hour how like, you know, yeah. he's just a dude. Like, well, this, this, yeah, this brings me to a, a question that I've been mulling over is like, what in terms of retribution, like, what do you want from the people who have inflicted great harm? Like, how do you want that story to end? What's the most, you know, like, what's the most appropriate way to handle people like that? And I'm not saying that Trump is Hitler. I'm saying that I think if given the opportunity, he would be. But like, what what do you want to happen to Trump post-election if Biden wins? It's different. In your, in yeah, your like perfect world. Yeah, it's 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 just different. I don't know. That's like the hard thing to say because I'm not someone who's like, let's go kill people. However, let me tell you right now, like Mussolini got had that shit coming. Uh, Hitler had that shit coming. Like there are things, some things that you do that the natural course of this is for you to meet a very bad ending. Um, mm. Trump, for all the bad he's done so far, even though he's checked off six out of like the nine uh, st nine steps to Nazism or whatever, he uh, he hasn't like lined people up in squares and mass executed and shit like that. So it's not like I want us to kill him. You know, I'm not saying like hey, let's storm the White House and behead the fucker. And and because of that, it's like, well, what are the options? What do we exile him like they did to Napoleon? He'll come back. Every tell you that story about Napoleon, he gets exiled, he comes back, and then like the, the, there's a guard there, and they're like, "Bitch, you were exiled, get out of here!" And he just opens up his shirt and he's like, "If you're going to kill your king, you shoot them in the heart." And they didn't shoot him. They didn't shoot him. They were like, "All right, that's a good line. Let's go take Paris back." And then they did. So it's like we can't just exile him. Like maybe we open up that hydron collider, we send our Trump over there, and we don't think about it for 50 years. It's like a time capsule. We just we open it up. We take a peek everyone's wearing red hats and shit like that you know like that's uh, i think that's the only way he can't exist on here anymore maybe to the moon don't want to interrupt you but just like a small bit of update um and like by the time we release this this is already going to be outdated this is sort of the nature of how things go but uh senators portman and mcconnell are among the republican senators who are making count every vote style comments that are intended to be pushing back against trump this is important these Republicans may be signaling that they will not go along with Trump, Trump efforts to stop vote counts, refuse to concede, et cetera, if it's clear that Biden has won. Now, I'll believe it when I see it, but interesting that they'd be signaling that right now. Yeah, I mean, also, I was going to say, I'm looking at Georgia, 67,000 votes only. So, like, the shit's definitely tightening up, and uh, that's encouraging, but I never yeah. trust Voldemort to you know, to Voldemort. <laughs> like, that's the, he's so, he's so impressive. Mitch McConnell, the stamina on this fucker, like with a, with like a fucking, it looks like he has frostbite on his entire hand. Like that no, thing is barely this, hanging yeah. on. Uh, and, and yet he's still. In Severus Lindsay episode. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just saying like, but look, like I didn't make the frostbite thing before. It's like, Jesus Christ. It's, I don't know. Good for him. I mean, bad well, for us, um, but good for him. Yeah. You know, it, yeah, he's, he's living his best life. <laughs> yeah, let me just say this. I, I guess where I was going with that, with the Trump or whatever, um, in terms of like what kind of retribution or punishment do we want to see is more like, I'm not talking about death or anything. I'm talking about 
like, do we want to see this guy in jail or do we want to see this guy living in exile, uh, watching his, you know, uh, fucking plans go to ruin his legacy, get tarnished or whatever. Would he learn any lesson from that? Like, uh, and I know we're never going to You want it to be a Michael Corleone at the fucking lake house in Nevada or whatever, like all by himself after he killed Fredo. He's like reflecting on at what cost? That's what you want from Donald Trump? No, well, <laughs> more, maybe more like Mitch McConnell, like in his twilight years. Wouldn't it be wonderful to see like his apparatus, like for him to be alive just long enough to see everything he built go to shit for all of his like, uh, you know, uh, contemporaries to be dying off um for his lead crumbling for the senate to go completely blue you know like that that's again in like a fantasy scenario but it's not going to happen whereas trump like i would love to see the guy behind bars but it's also likely not going to happen you know and it's like what what would be better like maybe just financial ruin he has to move to russia uh tries to buy greenland he's already financially ruined he's millions and millions of dollars in debt and and being audited and i don't know it's it is what it is um, I, I would like, honestly, if I had my druthers, I would love to see the fucker in jail, but mm-hmm. only because like, he's like, I'm the law and order president. And then has done everything to undermine the law. Um, <laughs> you know, like that's my biggest thing. If we're talking dramatic irony, yeah, it ends with him in a fucking jail cell, um, right. a Russian jail, a gulag, he's gulagging, you know? Yeah. I mean, we can only hope, but it's, you know, again, it's not going to. It's not gonna happen. Probably. Do you think gulag fucked up by being the cutest word ever? <laughs> like we, like the gulag. You're supposed to have these images of like Siberia, nothingness, cold, death. But gulag sounds cool as fuck. I gotta tell you, it sounds like 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 uh like Tyler the Creator if he had like a second uh posse, like a G unit. Like you know, he's mm-hmm. odd future. <laughs> he just spun off to gulag. I, I'm down, dude. I'm sorry. That sounds badass to me. I think that's the problem with words. Yeah, so you, you gotta you gotta make sure that they sound like the thing that they are. Because if you make a gulag sound cute, I mean, maybe that was the point. They wanted it to be disarming. They wanted to be like, "Oh, you're going to the gulag." Come to gulag. You have yeah, fun. Go to the gulag. You will uh, spend the rest of your days in a gulag. And you're like, "Oh, that doesn't sound too bad." Yeah, come with me. And you're like, "Okay, I won't fight this." And then you go there, and you're like, "Oh, wait a minute, this is terrible." <laughs> We have hot stone therapy. <laughs> and you're like, what? And it's literally just like fucking magma rocks and shit. It's bad. It's a bad, you think it's a spa. You think you're going out to some fun time, but. Right. Gulag. But I mean, you think about it. If you're working in a gulag for a while, you're probably getting ripped. That's like a good workout, you know? I can see Trump there and then he tries to take over the socio, socio-political like, you know, uh, structures there. And he's like, gulag, Gary. He's, he's corrupt. You know he's corrupt. <laughs> and he's just like, uh, it's like, well, yeah, he's in a gulag. Of course he's corrupt, or at least suspected of corruption. Of or maybe he just corrupt. looked at someone the wrong way. It's a fucking gulag. Who knows? Right. I, well, I think that the biggest thing uh, that would hurt Trump more than anything is— More than a gulag. For, yeah. yeah, even more than a gulag <laughs> is for him to, to just understand, to at every turn be turning— uh, because I, I think what he gets off of, off of more than anything is that people love him and like him. Mm-hmm. So if he was ever in a position where he could never access that love, the love of a crowd, if that was taken away from him, if he wasn't on TV all the time, if nobody was recording anything he said or did, like I think that would be the ultimate punishment. It would be sort of like you know like the movie It where they just heckle him to death. Like he, he would just cease to exist. You know, he turned into a crumpled up little shriveled raisin. 
instead that of would the, be, the ripe turnip that he is today. That would be both cute and scary because it's going to be a situation, like, because I imagine that he then puts himself out there, like, just shows up in public places. He's, he's, he's right. Like, he actually shoots somebody on Fifth Avenue. <laughs> it doesn't get away with it. Yeah, you know, right. that's the problem. He's like, I miscalculated <laughs> too long time. <laughs> you know, like, it gets bad really quickly. But um, I don't know. I like. I think you're right. I don't think anything's gonna happen. But we one can dream. You know, it's the hope that kills you, as they say. Um, yeah. So, or right, let's use the other one, right? Hope is a dangerous thing. We could use Shawshank. I don't know why I use some <laughs> weird colloquial thing. Hope, hope is a dangerous thing in these walls, Andy. No, yeah. hope is the only thing we have, Red. The one thing they can't take away. Yeah, it's a, fuck that movie. Here's that a harmonica that you're only going to play one note on the entire movie. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, we're coming at Shawshank, it seems. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, we thought the last word was said about this 26-year-old masterpiece. But you know what would have been great the at the end of that movie is, like, I don't think they're going to throw up any old, any old uh, roadblocks for some old used-up con like me. And then, like, he's just driving in the bus, and they immediately throw up the roadblock. <laughs> like, no, you're going back to jail, buddy. Oh, fuck. You <laughs> just, like, last shot is just Andy just standing on the beach like, huh, all right. Uh, <laughs> Well, I was thinking the same thing, where it's just like Andy's on a beach and Red doesn't come because he's like, why the fuck do I – I was in a prison, an all-male prison. I'm going to hang out with you on a beach somewhere? Like, no. Right. Like, I, I had to spend, like, 30 years of my life hanging out with you, dude. Like, I wouldn't have associated <laughs> with you otherwise. Going to Reno. I'm going to get shit-faced. Because <laughs> that – I'm much more interested in that Red character. It just immediately descends into alcoholism, heroin addiction. <laughs> Like, it really makes the, the strong case for prison. You're like, say what you want, but he wasn't He's just doing... on the streets of Vegas, just, Andy, Andy, <laughs> just shouting off into the sky. Yeah. Like, my name's Paul. Get off my lawn, you piece of shit. <laughs> like, he's just so fucking angry, the vagrancy that he's become. Uh, yeah, I mean, better, better movie. I mean, maybe not better, but different movie. Definitely. <laughs> Burrito!